Praise God. All right, let's turn our Bibles to Proverbs 24:30. Thank God this is a new day and we get to preach on it's time to take back the field. Time to take back the field. Proverbs the 24th chapter and verse 30. 2430 it says this. And I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding and lo it was all grown over with thorns and nettles and a cover to cover the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down then I saw and I considered it well I looked upon it and received some instruction the instruction I received was yet a little sleep and a little slumber a little folding of the hands and hands to sleep so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thy want as an armed man I want to talk to you about retaking our fields First of all, in this passage of Scripture, we need to realize that the lives, these fields, are symbolic of the lives of people. Many times they are symbolic where the enemy sows a seed while somebody sleeps. That Jesus sows into people's lives. He said, the fields are white with harvest, insinuating that fields were made up of people's lives. And so the field that is grown up with thorns and thistles are simply representatives of what happens in our life. There's a reason those things happen. And so as we start looking at this, let's realize that it is a representative of people's lives that the curse dominates or that the curse rules. And that this work of what has happened is not the work of God, but it is the work of the devil. It is the work of Satan in the life of somebody that could be protected if the stone wall had not been broken. That stone wall was broken is a symbolicness of neglect. That stone wall didn't fall over. That stone wall started deteriorating over time. And when we neglect things in our life, basic things, simple things, when we neglect those things, what happens is, is that the walls that protect our lives begin to be broken down. We begin to get slothful. If we weren't slothful, the wall wouldn't be broken down. So we begin to get slothful. And as we get slothful, the wall begins to crumble the enemy begins to come in and pretty soon the fields that once flourished with abundance are now covered with thorns and nettles or thistles and briars these are symbolic of the curse now when it comes what I want you to realize is that it didn't say that these fields did not have potential it didn't say that these fields were no good. It didn't say that 
the fields couldn't produce something else. It didn't say that they couldn't be cultivated. It didn't say that, well, they were just, you know, no good lands. They were lands rejected. That's not what it said at all. It says that they were covered because of the walls being broken down. Now, where does this stuff come from? Where does neglect come from? How's come we are so diligent when we first get saved? You know, we, we just take care of them. You know, you've, have you ever seen the commercial, the first baby, you know, drops a packy on the ground and we scald it and boil it and put it back in his mouth? The second comes along and, you know, we just kind of wipe it off on our pants. The third one comes around, we pop it in his mouth, make sure he got all the dirt off of him and shove it back in. You know, in other words, we get accustomed to certain things and we begin to neglect things that used to be of value. Why did that happen? Because of weariness. People get weary. When they get weary, they get negligent. Then we begin to lose our zeal. People begin to lose their passion. You lose your passion, guess what? Things start going awry. How many of you used to love your new car now you can't wait till that old junker is sold and you can afford a new one? Sure, you used to wash it every day. Now it hasn't been washed unless it rains. And then when it rains, it leaks in the window. So, you know, we all go through that. We begin to lose our desire. After our desire goes our joy. Then guess what? We get into the place that we start being deceived. And we start thinking that, well, you know what? I can't get out of this. I can't turn it around. If I would have been the owner of that field, I would have got up in the morning and I would have looked out at that field and I said, it's too far gone. I can't do it. it, it, it it's hopeless. Where would I start to turn that field back around? So he would let that field just lie. And a lot of Christians are like that. I see lots of Christians that want something different, but they don't do anything different. And that is a mode of deception. And when we begin to get weary, when we begin to lose our zeal, our passion, our desire, our joy, something happens in the people's lives. Guess what? They get negative. They get negative about God. They get negative about other people that are walking with God. They begin to compare themselves with other people and get negative about what God is doing on their behalf. But really, God is doing all that He can based upon slothfulness and neglect and a lack of understanding. And so, when we start doing that, we begin to get negative. And when we begin to get negative, our faith changes to doubt. And we almost start living by faith instead of by faith. Well, if it's going to be, it's going to be. No, it's not going to be. That's not what we live by. We do not live by some mystic revelation of some Greek god that, well, if it's in the cards of the gods, I'll get it, and if it's not, then I won't. No, that's faith. We don't live by faith. We live by faith. By faith. But sometimes when we go through these things in life, 
we get weary, we get discouraged, we lose our zeal, our passion, our joy. And what we do is we just turn negative. When we turn negative, really what we do is we stay in the kingdom of God, but we don't stay there with any expectancy or any joy. We just stay there in a negative attitude and a negative state. And I'm telling you, negativity belongs to the Adamic nature, not the Christ nature. Come on, hallelujah. And so, when we start getting negative, we start getting hopeless. We start getting hopeless, we start getting lukewarm. When we start getting lukewarm, guess what? We start changing our value system. Yeah. God takes second, third, fourth, or fifth place in our priorities. And that's a terrible place for God to be because if he's third, fourth, or fifth place, he won't respond. See, we have to have God on the priority of value. We have to love him above ourselves, above mothers and fathers, lands and homes and brothers or sisters. God requires a value system that he is number one. So when we are in this place of negativity, when we're going through these things, what we want to realize is that we need to change something in our life. Amen? We need to change our attitude. Nothing is too far gone because we serve a God that all things are possible. The hand of God is not short that it cannot save. Remember, Abraham and Sarah were old, but God brought a son up out of, as it were, a dead womb and dead loins. God did it because he said he would do it. And soon as Sarah and Abraham mixed faith with it, God transformed their life. Now, let's go to Mark, the fourth chapter, and verse 18. We're just going to look at a couple of things that these thistles and thorns and so forth bring. And it says in this, these are they which are sown among what? Thorns. So if we don't change, what's going to happen is there is going to be something that is sown among the thorns. And it's going to be the Word of God, but the Word of God will not flourish in a land of thorns. Such as hear the Word and the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, entering in, choke the what? And it become unfruitful. If we see our fields covered, or if we see certain things of the curse ministering or growing or manifesting in our life, listen to me. Remember, it's a little. It starts small. And it's better to keep your fields in order than to have to try to rescue them when they are overtaken. Could I get an amen? So we have to watch. And the next verse says this, And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and it bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some an hundredfold. So it really has to do with the condition of the field when something is sown. I don't want my field sown with things of the curse. And then let's go to Micah 7, 4 through 5. This is a real unique pass, 
passage of scripture Micah there it goes and it says this the best of them talking about friendships is a briar the most upright is sharper than a thorned hedge and the day of thy watch and thy visitation cometh now shall be their perplexity now watch this trust ye not in a friend be ye not confident in a guide keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom notice keep the doors of thy mouth from that which lieth in thy bosom what is in the bosom of man it is a place of intimate relation fellowship conversation but in that bosom of man is the senses in the intimate places of man his senses are real and his senses are dominant so here it says that we are to keep our mouth from being dominated or opening the door by our senses too many Christians talk based on what they see they feel they hear and so forth what does that do that really tears down the wall now when we talk about that stone wall a stone wall is built by confession and obedience you remember when the devil told God you build a hedge around Job God never said he built the hedge Job built the hedge by obedience and by his declarations and decrees of God and we can build our walls but when you start being moved by your senses you will tear your own walls down and when you tear your own walls down you are going to be vulnerable to the enemy now slothfulness wow this is a thing slothfulness and a lack of understanding of what is going on or being spiritually blind spiritually deaf or spiritually dumb and I don't mean dumb dumb I mean unable to talk when we do these things what we do is we misread that which is going on around us around us now we need as Christians friends and brothers in the Lord we need people to help us so that we don't get slothful people that can look at our fields before they're overtaken So when somebody comes to your house, Dr. Oberly, you've been to my house, you know not to look at my shrubs and my weeds because <laughs> I really don't care. No, no, I do care because Phyllis rant and raves. So I, I, I do care, but I mean, it's not a priority with me. There are things to do in life, fish, hunt, golf, anything but pull weeds. That's what they made kids for amen that's why they're so close to the ground yes hallelujah now we need friends and we need brothers oh but they're problems and I always have problems with my friends 
Well, you have to be strong enough to bear your friend's weaknesses. But we need friends because friends help us and they view us. But one thing we don't need is yes friends. Yes friends are dangerous. Amen? That's why you don't want to have a wife that says, yes, honey, whatever you say. Because you, I'd be broke. I, I mean, I'd just spend all of our money. Phyllis told me the other day, if anything happens to me, ask Nikki. Ask Nikki what? Where stuff is. Well, where is stuff? I'm not telling you. Do we have stuff? Some stuff. Well, well, well uh, how much do we have? I ain't telling you how much we got. We got some stuff. So I know we got some stuff, but I do know that it's all in her name. And so she's got stuff. I'm not sure that I have stuff. She went to the lawyer, her and I went to the lawyer, and he said, she said, sign over, uh, what do you call that? Power of attorney. He said, now you know when you sign this, you'll have nothing. I said, I've been married 40 years, I've never had nothing. And I thought to myself, He's married. How, how, why would he not know that? So we need Christian friends. Not just yes friends. We need friends with deep convictions. Because brothers are born for adversity. They help us through it, but sometimes they cause it. But either way, we need friends. Amen? Now, because friends with deep convictions do motivate us to do what's right. Why did Cain hate Abel? Conviction. He did what was right. Therefore, Cain knew he was doing wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And the Bible says in Proverbs 17, 17, that a friend loveth at all times and his brother is born for adversity. Friends will help you. But you don't want friends that will allow you to let your fields go to pop. Amen. You need friends that you're going to let them speak into your life. You know, I think you're wrong. What? Well, if you're wrong, then judge yourself. Pray about it. Prove, search the scriptures and find out what's going on. Now, slothfulness means lazy. Wasn't that a great revelation? <laughs> But it doesn't mean powerless. And it doesn't mean you can't do. And it doesn't mean that a lazy person is void of potential. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't have expectations. It means that he has chosen to do nothing. That's what a slothful person is. You can talk about wanting something different, but a lazy person doesn't do anything with what they talk about. Amen? Absolutely. So a slothful person doesn't mean that they have no power, doesn't mean that they don't have potential, doesn't mean they don't have dreams. It means that they have chose to do nothing. And some Christians choose to do nothing. Their life is going to pot, and they're doing nothing. Some, now, we don't have these people in our church, but some people are just lazy Christians. 
They are. So, Proverbs 26.2 says this about a lazy person. They have potential, but it says that as the bird flies wandering and the swallow by foul flying, so does the curse not come without a cause. There's a reason that a man's life turns to thorns and thistles, fellas. You know what it is? His choices to do nothing. Choices to do nothing. And then it says this. Proverbs 26, 13 says that a slothful man says there's a lion in the way and there is a lion in the street. In other words, a slothful man always has an excuse for his doing nothing. Well, but you don't know what I've been through. Well, well you know, I got hurt and I got this. And, and you know, I, 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 I lost my job. And I... So what does that mean? You lost your job, that means you look for another one. Well, I, I filled out applications all day long. So you get up tomorrow and you fill out them all day long again. Well, you know, we went through a hard time and we had an illness. Are you over it? Yes. Okay, so start over. But we lost everything. No, you didn't lose life and you didn't lose faith and you didn't lose God. You haven't lost everything. You lost what you had faith in. But you haven't lost God. He is still here. Could I get an amen? And so, one of the first things that we have to do is we have to deal with excuses. Somebody say excuses. What is an excuse? Look this up today. It says, to overlook something on purpose. It means to justify why you're not doing anything. It means to find a way or to make a reason to accomplish nothing when you know you could do it. That's an excuse. Now here's what most people want to do. Did you get a credit card when you come in here today? Here's what most people want to do. God, my life is a mess. And they pull out their instant God. They say, here, God, just fix my life. But the problem is, is that God won't fix your life. God has given you faith and a promise to fix your life. But God won't fix your life without you. But see, we want to pull out an instant God card. Here, God, it's all up to you. Here, God, do this for me. Here, God, fix me. But we do nothing. What are we? We're just simply slothful people that have never sought the understanding of the ways of God. And so, guess what? Because we're slothful and do nothing, even though we see our life falling apart every day, bud, we see the devil taking ground. But we do nothing. So the curse comes. Well, what's the cause? You. But the devil, 
He only came through the hole that you left in your wall. He's going around looking like a roaring lion, and you know it. So you open the door. So we have to change things. Could it get an amen? Everybody faces excuses. Everybody faces things that happen. But you have to deal with them. Do you remember when uh, Samson was going down? He talked to his mother and father and said, Hey, I want you to go down and get me this woman out of the Philistines. And they said, no, we don't want to do that. Come on, Samson, marry a Jew. They didn't know that God had put in Samson's heart to go down there because God was looking for a reason to start a war between Israel and the Philistines. And Samson is going down a different road and a lion jumps out. The Spirit of the Lord comes up on Samson and Samson kills a lion as he would a small young goat. That's what God thinks of your excuses. They can be easily taken care of if you'll just let God help. Just let God help. So, here's what we have. We have people that are slothful, do nothing because they choose not to do it. Somebody say, they choose not to. Now, I'm not complaining about people that want that kind of life. If you want your fields, your life, filled with the curse and the devil activity, hey, I'll side with you. But don't complain about it. Amen? Don't complain about it. But if you want it changed, how many of you know all you got to do is start doing something? Do something. The Bible says... Matthew 11, 11, until the kingdom of God, when John was, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Another meaning says this, that the kingdom of God is always under siege by violent foes. It attacks people that are in the kingdom, and it attacks them in an attempt to keep them from living by faith. But, they that know and understand the principles of the kingdom will fight back and take hold of what is rightfully theirs. But you have to do it by faith. The devil is going to try to get your life. But we can fight it. Amen? Alright? So let's not neglect certain things in our life. What don't, should we not neglect? How about not neglecting your identity? Tell people who you are. Tell yourself who you are. You know, I woke up today and I told, I was combing my hair and I just, I, I can't help it. It looks so good. I just told Lincoln and his friend this morning, I bet God got up today and said, Whoo! Look at him! Boy, if we had a do-over, we'd have made them all look like him. And it's the truth. Just look at me. I'm, I mean, I'm looking good. And Lincoln said, well, I bet he said he looked down at me. And I said, and I know what he said. Why did we make that mess? 
I think God's happy with me. He knew me before the foundation. If he didn't like it, he could have changed it. But he had one shot to show the world the wonders of his power. And God made me. I think God, I'm telling you, I know that God likes me. Honest, I'm, I'm just telling you, I am deceived, persuaded, I don't know, but I think God likes me. I think He loves me. I think He created September the 5th just for me. He said, we got to pick a great day. Let's do September 5th, man. That's got all the, nine things, ninth month, nine gifts, nine fruits, praise God, five, the day of grace, yes, Let's have Pete born on that day. Man, there ain't none like it. So here I am. September the 5th. Concreted in the great days of God's best performance. That's me. Right, Phyllis? Yes. Don't you ever forget it. And uh, so, let's not neglect our inheritance. Let's not neglect our blessing. Let's not neglect our position in Christ Jesus. Declare them every day and remind God that he's on your side. Now, Deuteronomy 6, 9 says, this is what I've got for you. I brought you out to bring you in. And he tells us he's going to give us good lands. He's going to give us all these things. But he also says this, but if you don't deal with the enemies that are in there, they're going to become thorns in your side. So if you don't deal with the things that are coming into your life right now, they're going to be there forever. Then you know what happens, Phyllis? Not only do they come into your life, but your kids get familiar with seeing them. And so they start expecting those things in their life. But the Bible says that God sent Christ, Acts 3rd chapter, verse 20, to bless us. To bless us. He wants to bless us, Joe. Bless us. He came and he died that the blessings of Abraham might come upon our life. The Bible says every promise is yea and amen. Come on, somebody, amen. Every promise is yea and amen. God's upholding all things by the word of his power. In other words, the promise is filled with his power, David. God gave us a joint heritage with Christ Jesus. Now that's ours, David. Now we can let the devil take it, or we can start replanting our fields with the seed that God has put in our life. Amen? God is a master of second chances. The other night I was in a, a restaurant, and a lady came up. She looked like she'd been rode hard and put up wet. And... Uh, she said, how are you doing tonight? I said, great. I said, you know God's a God of new beginnings. She said, I've been going through a divorce. I said, well, it's a good thing you finally got him out of your life because God's plan is that the latter is better than the former. So sometimes you've got to go through the ugly and the bad to get to the good. But the latter is going to be better. Amen? So... That is God's plan. And she said, well, I've been, you know, I said, look. I said, all you need to do is trust God. I said, go back to the foundation of your faith. She said, 
You know, my grandmother was a Christian. She said, I need to go right back there. I said, you need to get back there. If you don't, your life is going to be a mess. So we have to make sure that we keep the inheritance that God has given us. Could I get an amen? We have to make sure that, that we get a mindset. God will withhold no good thing, David, from those that walk uprightly before him. Man. John 3, 2. Beloved, I wish above all things you would prosper and be in health. That's God's desire for us. If your life is a mess today, if you have no joy, I know just how you feel. I used to be joyless. I used to be what I would call a cyclist, depressant. They couldn't help me, but God helped me. Maybe, well, I'm broke. Phyllis and I used to spell broke with capital letters. Lord, days we would go without food. No, we never, we never went without food. They show up when we were before we was out food. And we did have fritters. <laughs> Phyllis calls that food. I call that not food. What's a fritter? Flour and water. Fried with grape jelly. Mm. Oh, boy, yeah, that was a real thrill, Steve. Hallelujah. But God provided for us. We would go down the road and find pieces of wood. Take them home. Had a wood stove. Didn't have wood. Finally, a guy come up to us in church and said, Hey, do you need some wood? I thought, yes. He said, it's all cut and everything. If you come to my house, you can have it all. I said, I'm coming. So I sent Phyllis over there and she loaded up the truck. And, and uh, <clears throat> so... Uh, Maybe your marriage is bad. My marriage was bad. My marriage was terrible. But I have to really say I am totally in love with a woman. I'm married to Phyllis, but I am in love with a woman. What are you thinking? That's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I am in love with Phyllis. I mean, I... It's sickening. I told somebody the other day, a, a young man, he was saying, his wife said, well, she never, never tells me, loves me. I said, I get up to go pee. I tell Phyllis, I love you, honey. You're kidding. No. Phyllis keeps telling me, drink more water, drink more water. <laughs> she's, in, she's insecure. She wants me to wake up at night. And Dr. Overloo said, no, you can get Flomax. Is that the name of it? I, I don't use that, but we'll just say Flomax. I wouldn't get up. I'd just be to bed. I'll tell you that right now. I ain't, I ain't getting up like ever five or six times a night. I'd put a can beside the bed. Anyway, but <clears throat> so she wanted me to, don't take Flomax. Get up every night. So I say, I love you, honey. I love you, honey. I'm not doing that. But. Every time I leave the room, I say, I love you. If I'm going to go walk around the pond, catch a fish, I kiss her on the head, I say, I love you. Why? I'm telling you, I'm possessed with a love spirit. Amen. But I used to not love her. She was being operated on one time. And I went to the hospital and I said, well, if you make it through the surgery, I'll see you at home. If you don't, I don't guess I will. And I went fishing on a fishing tournament. Say, man, you were cold. You're right. I wasn't in love. That's right. That's right. 
But one day, I held my breath, I held my nose. I took a swig, boom, 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 boom. I didn't know if it was day or not. <laughs> I started kissing Phyllis. She's the only thing inside. <laughs> then she refilled my bottle of love potion number nine. <laughs> it is God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So let's not use our instant God card because He won't do anything unless you do something. Now what area of your life don't you like? I remember when Phyllis and I were, she was saving up money to get a divorce and then we, she got saved and found out she couldn't get a divorce except for fornication. And uh, that time I wasn't doing it. Then and and at that time, at that time right, you know, and then then I got saved, but we still didn't like each other. But then God told me, start saying you love her. I said I don't I don't like her. He said I know it, but start saying you love her. So I started saying I love her. I started saying I'm attracted to her, and pretty soon you know what? I was just totally in love with my wife, attracted to my wife, and. And you know what? God touched our lives and healed our lives. Now, are you still in love with me, Phyllis? Yes. <laughs> Every time I call, she says, Is this Peter? Is this? Oh, hi, honey. How you doing, darling? Oh, I don't. You do too. I do you say, I'll get my boyfriend out of the house before you oh, get I here. You aren't teasing, darling. I've seen tracks in the snow. <laughs> Those are mine leaving. Yeah. Now, you know what? God will do anything if you'll do something. All I'm trying to get you to do today is just be a doer of the word. You don't need an instant God card. All you need is to do what you know to do. If you're not filled with joy, start spending time with God. Amen. Open the gate of your mouth and start saying, God, I thank you. I love you. I adore you. He'll inhabit the praises of, of his people. He'll transform you. But if you just sit there being miserable, what's the reward in that? Come on. Start using your faith. Amen? Dr. Obalu, can I tell your story about five? Dr. Obalu came to Shelby County. You were doing how many surgeries a week? Five. About five surgeries a week. Now, you don't advertise or anything, right? He doesn't advertise or anything. One time we, was in a, we were just talking. We said, you, want, you ought to use your faith. You started using your faith. How many you do now? I do about 20. About 20. Do you get the same amount of money for 20 as you do for 5? No, sir. You don't? Much more. Much, much more. Hey, check that tithe check over there. So <laughs> much, you're, you're getting much. But you used your faith. Yes, and God has prospered your business in your career yes, in the small town, yes, Sydney, Ohio. Yes, more than he has in any other place. Yes, Why? Because he used his faith. He used his faith. 
What do you want God to change in your life? Randy, there's a scripture. God beautifieth my flesh. With salvation. Yes. It's in there. Psalms. Search it out and meditate it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Now, huh? No, you're not. I know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just projecting somebody might be offended. So I'm, I'm trying to cover all my bases. Now, what do you want changed in your life? Don't be slothful. Because you're going to end up one day if a thorn gets in your field it's going to reproduce after its own kind and pretty soon you're going to find yourself being overtaken. So let's start sowing our fields. Let's start taking them back. Let's start saying what God said about us. Let's open the door with our mouth. Amen? Let's start doing it. Praise God. I, I am the happiest guy in the world. I'm just telling you, I'm happy. Do you ever have bad days? Well, they come up. I just don't choose to get in them. Amen? So, let's change our life. Amen? Bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, let us look at ourselves. Let us look at our excuses. Let us realize they are no stronger than just a small kid and that the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Let us realize, God, that even though we had neglected areas of our life does not mean that we do not have power, do not have potential, and do not, God, possess the authority to change our fields. God, let people today Draw a line in the sand. Say enough is enough. Today, I'm changing my life. Today, I'm changing my field. Today, I'm going to replant that which God has put in my mouth. And I'm going to rise up and I'm going to declare what God said about me. God, I know that you're going to uphold all things by the word of your power. God, I thank you today. God, those that are struggling with heavy joylessness, God. Not depressed, just don't have any joy. God, let them start rising up, saying, I have the joy of the Lord that passes all understanding. It's filled with his glory. I will rejoice and celebrate. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, I will begin to praise the Lord. And God will inhabit my praises and we will fellowship in the days to come. I thank you, God, that you meet every need of my life. That, God, you bring from the north, the south, and the east, and the west those things, God, that will cause me to enlarge my borders and expand my tents. God, that what I put my hands to, you will prosper and you will bless. God, that which is little is much in the hands of a righteous man. That God, my seeds are seeds that produce harvest in my life. That God, my tithe has opened up the windows of heaven and you have poured out a blessing upon me, God, that I cannot contain. God, you will withhold no good things 
from me because I walk uprightly before you. I thank you, God, that I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. I've been seated with him in heavenly places. I thank you, God, that you have made me more than a conqueror, God. That, God, no weapon of the adversary will be prosperous or successful against me. It is your will, God, that I would prosper and be in health. I want to thank you, God, that before I came to this day, that, God, you have provided healing for me by the stripes of Jesus Christ. I want to thank you, God, that you caused my love for my husband and my wife to abound. That, God, I am drunken with love and passion towards them. That, God, their words and their voice, God, are pleasing to my ears. God, they satisfy me. Their presence, God, brings peace to my life. I want to thank you, God, that I see them as a gift from you. God, something that was important to you and has become a treasure to me. I thank you, God, that the family that you've given me, God, is a family that you purpose for me to raise. That, God, my children are blessed. That, God, they're blessed going in and they're blessed going out. That, God, they learn. They walk in obedience. God, they honor their parents. That, Father, they have a perspective that Jesus is involved in our household and our family. I want to thank you, God, that we fill our house with praise. God, with declarations of of gratification and acclamations of how great and how good you are. That God, there is no negativity in our house, but God, we proclaim the goodness of God and Father, we fill our house with the promises of the Lord. We thank you, God, that you've blessed the coming in door, you've blessed the going out door. We thank you, God, our household is blessed. Our property is blessed, God. That God, you are prospering us and multiplying us in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, that there is a peace in our house, a peace in our home, and a peace, God, in understanding one with another. God, invade our home. Fill it with your presence. Fill it, God, with your presence, and let it be filled with our praise for you. Oh, God, we worship you. We worship you, Father. We worship you. Hallelujah. Every home, God, visit. Every house, God, visit with a dream. Every ear, God, speak into. Every heart, God, touch. Every marriage, God, remind them that you brought them together. God, every child, let them remember that you chose them before the foundations of the earth. God, let faith arise in our hearts. Let it flow out of the doorway of our lips. God, let us decree a thing and bring it to pass. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dr. Obaluga, you go right over there on that end section. John, would you stand up right there? Hallelujah. And uh, Bob, you stand right there. Steve, you stand right here. Hallelujah. Bud, you come right here. Ray, you come right there. Now what I want you to do is I want you to turn around, Dr. O'Balloon, and I want you to decree blessing over that, into that uh, last section right over there, where Marge is. You have microphone, Phyllis? Oh, we got it. Right here. 
There you go, Dr. Blue. Father God, we thank you for the people represented in this section. They the seed of the righteous. Father God, I, I pray blessing over them, everything that they touch. Your word said that wheresoever the soles of their feet shall touch, step upon it, claiming for the inheritance. We speak to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west to give up. Thank you for increase in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here you go, John. Father in heaven, I thank you that your name is above every name. The name of Jesus Christ is higher than any other name. Whatever the problem, situation you might be going through, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. At the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And in that great name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I curse the curse, every sickness, disease, and affliction that will come upon these people. And I loose, Lord, the name of Jesus Christ, the power, the healing, the stripes you bore for their healing. And I thank you, Lord, I thank you as I give you glory, honor, and yes. praise in the name that's above every name, in the name of Jesus Christ, head of the church. And as I stood up, I heard the Lord say, hold on, I'm coming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Here you go, Bob. Father God, we just speak blessings upon this section. Father, each person here, Father, you created them in your own image. Before the foundation of the earth, Father, you knew each one personally. And Father, you have spoken in each of their lives. And Father, as you speak, you cause it to come to pass. Now, Father, there's no disease above the name of Jesus. There's no problem above the name of Jesus. There's nothing in this world that Jesus hasn't overcome. Amen. And Father, we speak blessings into every person here, into their lives, into their wives, into their husbands, into their children. Yes. And Father, we speak prosperity. We speak healing. Yes. We speak your word, Father. You, As you created, you've given everything to us. You've given us all power to overcome the enemy. And we declare the enemy defeated and everyone set free in that wonderful name of Jesus. And we just thank you and give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Steve. Father God, I lift these people up to you. And Lord, we thank you for your word. And we, we ask, Lord, that the first thing we would do is put our faith in your word, Lord. That we would use your faith in every opportunity, every everything that we come and we see coming at us as a problem, that we see it as an opportunity, yes. and we're not looking for excuses. I heard once that a good excuse is as good as success itself, and I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that a good excuse is that good. And let us always turn to you, Lord. Let us always turn to you. And that we would have faith in, in every time we pray, Lord, that we know that you hear us. And I ask, Lord, that, that you would bless these folks and that you would, would give them strength and open their eyes and open their ears, that they would hear and that they would always turn to you, Lord, in each and every opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
Here we go, bud. Thank you, Father God, that you're always for us and never against us, Father. We declare, God, today, God, that we are the head and not the tail. These people, Lord God, are blessed, God, going in and blessed coming out. Everything they put their hands to, God, shall be blessed from this day forward in Jesus' name. Sickness and disease will flee from them, for they have made yes. you their God. Father, we declare today, God, that we, the righteous God, Father, shall call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall deliver us. We thank you, yes. God, for deliverance. We thank you, God, today, God, that we are exactly who you say we are. We are above and not beneath. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Here you go. Great. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for your spirit that inhabits all of the people in this section and all the people of this church. Thank you, Father, for the leadership we sit under. Thank you, Father, that we are taught the Bible. Thank you, Father, I decree blessings on all the people in this section today in Jesus' name that through the Spirit an outpouring would occur, that the Spirit would flow into them and out of the mouths of them would flow the Spirit of life and living water. In Jesus' name, I give you all the glory and the praise. Amen. I decree in the name of Jesus the beginning of new seasons. I decree right now a changing of atmospheres and a changing of attitudes. I declare that there will begin to be an uprising and an outpouring. I declare in the name of Jesus that as we had new beginnings when we met Christ, new beginnings will happen today. Transformations of lives, transformations of homes, transformations of families, transformations of even jobs that they are involved in. God, I declare a new season, a new season, God, of abundance, a season of outpouring, God, a season of deliverance, a season of breakthrough, God, a season of arrival, and a season, God, of freedom, a season of liberty, a season of rejoicing, God. I loose, God, right now, a season of declaring, God, that which you have given unto us, that which you have done unto us, let the winds carry, God, the decrees of the Lord. Let every home be affected. Let every life be affected. Let every job area be affected, God. Let every business be affected. I decree God's abundance upon this house, and I decree that the world will hear that God is a good God, and that God is a God of victory, overcoming, and He is a God that lifts up and does not put down. I declare this house to be a house of favor. I declare it to be a house of deliverance, a house of healing, a house of restoration, a house of building up, a house of strengthening, and a house of freedom in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Be blessed, be blessed, be blessed, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Sunday, uh, Wednesday night, hallelujah. I'm thinking we're fasting this next four days with the pastors. People are driving in and uh, going to be a great time. And uh, I tell you, breakthroughs are coming. I'm just telling you, know this. Something greater than we have ever seen is about to hit this house. Take it to the bank. Praise God. Let's stand our feet. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are your people. 
There's nothing like us. There's no one like us. There's nobody like us. We're the most equipped, the most anointed, the most prepared, the most enabled, and most empowered people that have ever touched this earth. God, use us for your glory. God, use us to set the captive free. Use us to declare the gospel. Use us, God, to declare your goodness, your purpose, and your plan. Let the cross always be our focus. And God, we ask it in Jesus' name.